Welcome to Unlocking Innovation, a podcast from EX3 Labs in 1871. We'll be talking to leaders in innovation about what keeps them ahead of the curve in today's atmosphere of rapid change and how they cultivate a culture of innovation within their organizations. I'm your host, Adam Wisniewski. Today, we'll be talking to Kim Holmes of Discover Financial Services. In addition to earning over 35 years of experience in the financial sector, Kim is committed to her community. She currently acts as the executive director of Life Quilt Foundation, which aims to break barriers to educational success by helping providing students with basic needs. Throughout her time as system director at Discover, Kim is dedicated to driving innovation through inclusion. She's also responsible for leading Discover's enterprise business architecture organization. Kim, welcome. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Glad to have you here, and um, obviously we're we're super excited to have you and talking all every, everything innovation. Um, can you talk a little bit about your career journey and kind of where, where you started and how you got to where you are today? As someone who's had a long career in corporate IT, my path does not look like one would think. Um, for somebody in IT. Um, My undergraduate degree is in humanities from a small school that unfortunately um, has now become part of a larger institution, Shimer College, where we focused on the great books. And so a very non-traditional learning atmosphere where, well, back when I went to school, technology as we know it didn't really exist. Um, But it was a really special institution where we read original sources, small discussion classes, um, no lectures, no textbooks. So my math class was actually reading Euclid. Um, We actually read the folks who invented math. Um, So it made for a very interesting background, a lot of discussion, a lot of writing. So we focused on analysis and synthesis, which um, at the time, folks were like, what are you going to do with that? How do you get a job with, you know, those kinds of skills? But as it turns out, in the work world today, the ability to come to the table with a global perspective Mm -hmm. on issues, being able to have cogent discussions around a broad range of topics is how work gets done as we talk about moving to agile delivery and working closely with other people. It's not just coders in a corner. You're sitting in close proximity to your business partners with your fellow IT folks discussing ideas, setting priorities, and that humanities liberal arts background has really served me well in that, in that, kind, of, uh, that kind of atmosphere. Fantastic. And I love what you said about especially the learning environment that you had early on because that it sounds like that's followed you throughout your entire career. Can you talk a little bit about that? Absolutely. Um, I'm at the heart a people person. I love connecting people and providing them with the opportunity to share their ideas because I really believe it's through collaboration and diversity of thought and different perspectives that we get to answers that truly resonate um, for the teams that we work on, for the customers we hope to serve, and in the nonprofit sector for the clients that we hope to serve. Fantastic. So you've made a special effort in your work to create educational and professional opportunities for women and people of color. How do you find that benefits innovation within your organization? Um, I, I think one of the things that really 
supports innovation, again, is that diversity of thought. And so by bringing people to the table who don't normally have a seat, you're going to enrich the culture with perspectives and provide opportunities for folks to share their perspectives that may inform new products, new markets, new approaches for delivery that a more homogenous environment might not bring to light. Absolutely. And diversity of thought, that's such a, it's a str- strong, powerful kind of um, statement. And you know, in terms of companies that you've seen in, in your past and different scenarios, is it, was there one specific school of thought that helped you develop that concept in terms of your mind in, in wanting to have that resonate throughout different uh, organizations that you work with? I think one of the things that um, Discover does well is try to create environments where differences of approach are celebrated and are welcomed. Um, One of the things I'm most proud of in my career with Discover is the ability to apply that outside of the traditional IT arena and take that mantra of diversity of thought to how we approach um, innovation, how we approach our HR hiring practices, how we approach how we work with people, develop our staff. Absolutely. And I've had the pleasure of being at the Discover offices, and it feels alive when you walk in. It certainly feels like there's a not just a diversity of, of, of um, um, team members, but you can tell that there's all kinds of ideas flowing, and everybody has uh, is sharing some really good ideas. So um, one of the things that, that we know is that large organizations specifically can oftentimes struggle with innovation, but Discover has consistently been hailed as one of the best uh, workplaces for collaboration specifically. Um, how have you in- empowered employees to collaborate effectively in bringing new ideas to the table? One of the ways that um, we're doing this is through an emerging process called the Discover Management System, or DMS. And one of the key tenets of DMS is that the role of people leaders, of administrative leaders, is to serve as coach and enabler, not as holder of all knowledge. Um, Through the use of structured work processes, cross-functional work teams come together on the identification, the prioritization, and the delivery of functionality that delivers real business value. DMS combines techniques from lean and agile methodology and provides those teams with the opportunity to truly own their work product. So you've got you know ground-level troops mm-hmm. owning their work product, helping to inform prioritization, and leveraging the management team when needed for higher-level problem solving. Gotcha. So it's really kind of a grounds-up kind of initiative and in, in, in focusing on that collaborative piece. I know a big tenet of of the Agile methodology is making sure that there's transparency among team members. It sounds like that's exactly what you're looking to achieve. Absolutely. DMS is all about transparency. If you were to come to the Discover campus, you'd see whiteboards every whiteboards and stickies up everywhere now. The C-suite now manages their meetings in an Agile kind of way. They've got their board. They do their huddle, so it's not the, you know everyone sitting around the boardroom and having the, the normal PowerPoint decks and doing those presentations. Folks are getting into... Um, much more of that agile kind of methodology and providing transparency where folks have to be clear about what those priorities are, where they're having challenges, which gives everyone a chance to chime in and bring their unique expertise to the table to actually solve that problem rather than just one owner of that problem trying to figure it out for themselves. Absolutely. And so much of the agile and and kind of lean methodologies, a lot of times we've seen corporations 
um, really just feel like they can start whiteboarding and put sticky notes up and all of a sudden they've nailed that. But what, what do you think is at the heart of kind of that, that the, the, the kind of the core tenets of how you think about the DMS system at, at Discover? We've been really intentional in terms of rolling out DMS, bringing in agile coaches that and um, putting together with some top-tier consulting firms how would we structure this, right? Outlining, this is what we want to achieve. And and part of this is a focus on business value and ensuring that in the day of um, limited resourcing, limited technical capability to, to drive throughput, how do we ensure that we're focused on delivering the right products at the right time? Absolutely. And so rather than throwing more bodies at it, Maybe it's throwing a different approach to the work at it. Um, I've had the opportunity to manage uh, a number of project management office capabilities at Discover in my tenure there. And every year around planning season, we come up with, okay, what work does the business want to get done? And they throw us this huge list of things. We sit back in IT and say, okay, how do we make this happen? Right. We recognize that we're likely not going to get any additional headcount, so how do we sort through this? And we've come up with a number of different prioritization strategies, many of which would still leave the business wanting more or different. Right. With the structured approaches we've put together um, in a very thoughtful way, DMS gives the business some skin in the game by helping to share with us what their opportunities are, the goals they're trying to achieve, and BT going back and being able to explain well, this is what we can do. Let's really start to get at the essence of what's going to drive value. So by taking a more value-centric approach rather than let's pat ourselves on the back for the number of projects we get done, let's really measure success about the value we actually can deliver to the business. And together, through these transparent work approaches and empowering of the staff that's actually delivering these work products, um, it's given everybody a chance to reshape, refocus the the work and feel more satisfied sure. about what we're doing and giving everybody a leg up on being able to um, contribute in a way that truly is meaningful. Absolutely. And that satisfaction resonates, I'm sure, with customers and, and internal team members alike. Absolutely. One of the things you mentioned earlier that, that resonated with me is the building the right product. You know, we, we talk a, a lot uh, at EX3 Labs about the why, making sure you kind of start with why, that Simon Sinek uh, kind of philosophy. Um, we often say and point back to Jurassic Park, the original movie that in 1993 mm-hmm. when um, Jeff Goldblum's character, Ian Malcolm, said the scientists were so preoccupied with whether or not they could do something, they didn't stop to ask if they should. Mm-hmm. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. Exactly, exactly. And it sounds like that part of that process in, in incorporating that new strategy at Discover helps you all figure out the why and, and whether or not you should do something as opposed to just doing it. Absolutely. And it's one of the things that as we kind of go through, at the same time we're going through um, this transformation at the organizational level, there's a shift going on in our technology organization where we're focused on digital modernization of our technology platforms and the culture shift that goes along with the move to more digital approach to um, delivering technology. And one of the things our CIO continually reinforces with us is the need to ask why. We can. We can code our way out of any kind of thing, right? So Discover has been 
uh, has had a track record of success for um, technology innovation and creativity and excellence. But are we applying it in the right circumstances? And are we leveraging our resources, um, both our human capital and our brain power, focused on the right things? And so asking, asking the wise ensures that we're focused on delivering, delivering the value that the organization as a whole needs, not just what we're capable of. Absolutely. So one of the things we know, you've, you've had a kind of a long career in helping businesses strategize and, and you know, stand-up innovation scenarios. What do you think the, the biggest roadblock is to innovation when it comes to large corporations? I think one of the challenges is that people, by definition, are averse to change. And so you have to be able to, going back to the, the question of why, is help them understand how the change can benefit them. Absolutely. And what do you feel like you're personally doing differently that, I guess, differentiates you versus other corporate leaders or you know people in the innovation space? Well, one of the things I'm looking to do to seed innovation at Discover is to actively go out and advocate for the work of our innovation office. So we've got a group of um, senior level architects that have been carved out that are looking at emerging tech. And one of the things that we have to do is try and connect our work on emerging tech with actual day-to-day opportunities that the business has or, or problems they're trying to overcome. And so because of my tenure in the organization, and my internal network, I'm able to put some of the emerging tech things we're doing in front of those business leaders and help make the connection so we can start to show them the gee whiz things we're doing while also being able to um, maintain my relationship and understanding the things that they're doing in their day-to-day. Another way um, that I'm trying to help drive innovation is through tying our work on innovation and discovers kind of mantra on innovation to um, creating a more inclusive workplace. I'm really proud of the work that I've done in terms of looking for innovative ways to drive more diverse technical talent to discover. I've been really fortunate to spearhead programs that, uh, one of which helped bring in underemployed women of color who've completed an intense IT training program. Um, we brought them in as contractors. We had them serve on a very visible um, technology migration project as QA testers. Upon successful completion of that project, we hired them into full-time roles. And what really gives me joy is the fact that, for the most part, none of these women are doing QA testing anymore, mm-hmm. right? So they were trained as QA testers. But what we have them doing is that they're working as information security and cybersecurity analysts. They're serving as scrum team release masters. They're doing test planning. So they're working in areas that were not necessarily part of what they were trained on or what we hired them for as contractors, but because Discover gave them an opportunity, we saw the potential of these women that so many times other corporations would not be willing to give them, even though many of them already had college degrees in computer science, but they just couldn't get their foot in the door. Right. So I'm really proud of of our work there. Um, Another thing that we're working on, um, that I'm working on, is I work across a number of different HR disciplines to go out and look to find 
underrepresented talent at career fairs and um, national events for national organizations that normally other corporations leave HR to do. But as a leader in technology, I feel it's my responsibility to help shape the culture that we want to see. And I want to see more people who look like me, frankly, in, uh, in Discover's technology organization. So we want to go out and let folks know that not just for diverse talent, but for any talent, you can have an amazing technical career in financial services. While there's lots of great technology companies out there, they're fine for folks who want to build technology. Right. But for people who want to drive business solutions through technology, financial services is a great place to be. Absolutely. And so I love being able to go and tell that story. Yeah. And the fact that I can do it as a woman of color just adds another dimension um, to what Discover can bring to the table in, in that regard. And one of the other ways that um, I'm really hoping to, or helping to drive innovation through inclusion is by taking things that seemingly don't go together and put them together to help drive Discover value. And, and one of the things I'm most proud of is taking Discover's longstanding focus on um, philanthropy. One of our corporate values is volunteerism and giving back, um, giving back to the community. And our focus is on education. And so being able to take Discover's focus on education taking um, our tenured annual donation to organizations like the United Negro College Fund. I was able to work with our community affairs department and say, we're already given to UNCF. How about we kind of reshape that and turn it into branded scholarships? Mm -hmm. So now we have the Discover Corporate Scholars Program by which we offer students amazing scholarships and paid internships. So paid internships is what every college student is looking for, sure. right? Way to boost their resume. And the fact that Discover has a great tra uh, track record of converting internships into full-time jobs also helps ensure that we meet our diversity goals long-term. Absolutely. You know, it's so interesting you say that because th there are some people that are involved in that space, but th their impact is maybe somewhat um, uh, limited. But I've I've seen firsthand and spoken to individuals that that you've impacted and it it never ceases to amaze me. Every couple of weeks, somebody will come up to me and they'll they'll mention Discover and then and then they'll they'll instantly bring your name up and in, in, in how you impacted their life. Uh, there, there was somebody specifically at 1871 recently that was saying that she was an intern, one of your interns, um, and that you had a huge impact in, on her career journey. So. Um, thank you for all your effort in that space. I, and I know it's um, it's made a, a huge difference. Um, what's one of the the most important things that you've learned specifically about being a leader throughout your career? Um, one of the best lessons I ever learned was from um, a manager who told me to sit down and shut up. Um. It, it was a bit, <laughs> it, 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 that was exactly my reaction in, yeah. in the moment. Um, it was a circumstance where we were doing a um, system transformation, and my little team, we had knocked it out of the park. We were done. We were ahead of schedule. We were under budget. We did all the right things. Um, and I offered to help my peer team um, kind of catch up. And they did not take kindly to my offer of help. 
um, because they didn't see it in the same spirit that I was offering it. Mm -hmm. And that really hurt my heart because it's like, how, where, how could I have been misunderstood? Yeah. And what my manager, you know, took me to the side and said, Kim, we all know you're smart. We all know you know how to get things done. But sometimes you need to sit down, shut up, and let other people shine. Oh, wow. And that <laughs> has really stuck with me in the moment. So um, one of the things I work really hard at, and there's some days I know I'm not good at it, um, is to let the folks who work for me and the folks who work with me give them the space for them to be the star. Sure. Um, so I'm I'm still a work in progress on trying to be a coach. Yeah. But having that as a goal is something that allows me, I think, to be to be a, a good leader is to recognize that my job is to help set the vision and get out of the way and let people do what they do best. Yeah, absolutely. And you clearly have thick skin too, because so many people that would have received that comment would not have taken it well. As you're saying it, I'm thinking to myself, how would I react in that scenario? Oh, I, you know, I was a little <laughs> salty in the moment. I, I will not. I will. I will be honest that it yeah. was. It took a day or two to kind of get it to get over that, but it was the way he delivered the message. Sure. Um, and, and so you can deliver tough message as a leader. You can deliver tough messages if folks trust you, right. and you do it in a spirit of love. Yeah. And, and I really believe he had my best interest at heart. That he wasn't being harsh unnecessarily. He was doing it for my future growth and development. Yeah, and, and it's interesting because that that level of honesty. Most managers and, and a lot of leaders that I know don't feel comfortable saying that. In, in let alone how, how he delivered it or how he or she delivered it. The fact that it actually was said is something that, that you don't see too often. I think that's a challenge for large corporations because th- without that level of transparency and kind of focus on, 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 on helping people improve through, through feedback, I think organizations suffer, right? Because people continue going down the path where they have maybe bad habits or they continue doing something that would be conceen- seen as disruptive or... Um, what have you, and, and it, it's it's not talked about. So yeah, and, and I think that that's one of the great challenges for leadership um, everywhere is to be willing to to be candid with the folks whose careers you're responsible for. I tell members of my team all the time, my number one job is to ensure that you have the best career possible, um, whether it's not whether or not you're working for me or one of my peers. My job is to make sure that I position you to have the best career you can possibly have. And the only way I can do that is to ensure that you and I have a relationship that allows me to not only praise you, but to give you honest, candid feedback. And um, my hope is that to build up a relationship with my staff so that they know I'm an advocate in all possible ways. Um, I will advocate for you when you're doing well. I'll advocate for you when you're having challenges, but in ways that will help you not revisit those challenges. Right. Makes sense. One of the things that you know, we, we've, we know about organizations is, is that innovation doesn't always come easy. Not only does it not come easy, but companies often find themselves trying to set up innovation f- just for optics purposes. When have you found that that your organization innovates best, and is there one innovation that you're kind of most proud of 
Um, I think we innovate best, you know, necessity is the mother of invention, right? So the things that always have impressed me about Discover is that when we're faced with um, challenges in the marketplace, when we're faced with technical challenges, that's when folks strap on the cape and find ways to make to make things happen in unique and creative ways. Um, I think that Discover is also really good at doing things that doing things that are complex and making them look simple, right? So if you look at mar- marketplace innovation, so Discover is kind of uh, our our very founding is kind of born of innovation. Discover was the first company to um, offer 24 by 7 customer service, right? Something we all take for granted now, right? (laughs) So Discover invented uh, 24 by 7 customer service for financial services. Um, Totally U.S.-based call centers, right? In a day and age where folks are wanting to ensure that their questions can be answered in ways that resonate with them, that make sense to them, making sure that they do the really simple things um, well. Things like free FICO score, right? The fact that lots of organizations prior to Discover's launch of free FICO were all about, you know, your credit score, your credit score, your credit score, but the only way you could access that credit score was by paying the bureaus right. to get it. Right. Which was a daunting, maybe daunting challenge for some people in some sectors of our economy, right? Sure. It's not hard for you or I to shell out whatever the, you know, $10, $15 to understand where we sat and get our credit report and get our credit score. But there are some folks, unfortunately, a growing number of Americans for whom that is not, that 10 or $15 is not necessarily easy to come by. So, our ability and willingness to take um, data that is commercially available and be willing to make it available to anybody for free, regardless of whether or not you're a Discover customer, not only um, great buzz for us, great press for us, and now so many financial services organizations are offering free FICO, um, including the bureaus. So now even, you know, right. they're offering. Yeah. Free credit scores. Absolutely. Right? So we're, we're turning the paradigm of what that looks like. But from my perspective, we've broken down some of the barriers to entry into traditional financial literacy um, and some financial services products by being able to do things like free FICO. We're also offering financial services, um, gateway to financial services for folks for whom um, folks for whom financial services might have been a little daunting Right. That's one of the things I'm really kind of proud of for Discover is kind of let's level the playing field for Absolutely. folks. And let's let everybody take part in um, solid management of their financial lives. Absolutely. And I didn't know about the 24-7 customer Oh, yeah, we, we did that. <laughs> and, and if you look at other things that Discover has done, so by purchase, with the purchase of Diners Club, we now um, are a part of the credit card history because diners was the first credit card. So right. um, pioneering at every turn is kind of who Discover has been. Absolutely. So let's talk about kind of the, the focus on innovation and 
not just why it's important. I think everybody knows why it's important, but how do you stay motivated to keep innovating? Because we had um, Betsy Ziegler, the, the CEO of 1871, on an earlier podcast, and one of the things that she was talking about was disruptive innovation versus um, sustainable in innovation, and that oftentimes when you're when you're doing the kind of the incremental change on the innovation side that. You know, sometimes the disruptive innovation gets lost a little bit, and sometimes that can be demotivating because it doesn't appear as though there's much progress. But how do you sustain motivation when it comes to innovation, and how do you ensure that that people within the organization are just as excited about what's to come as you are? I think a lot of it we talk about innovation, and we've talked about you know DMS and process innovation. We can talk about technical innovation is where how we got involved with each other, right, is, is Discover's um, work with EX3. For me, it's all about communication because what folks have to understand is how what they are doing ties back to the corporate mission. And so our ability to keep folks, keep their eyes on the ultimate prize and help them connect what they're doing be it incremental or disruptive innovation, wherever they are on that spectrum, ensuring that folks understand how the work they're doing serves the larger goal. Because nothing is more demotivating than to come into the office and do stuff and not understand why. Right. And not understand what difference it makes. So being able to, as leaders, and I'll use leaders with a small L, so you could be a team lead, or you, know, you could be a scrum master or a release train manager in the agile team, product owner, product manager, or an administrative leader. Everyone needs to have a really clear vision about what end success looks like and how the work that everyone is doing every day is advancing that cause. Because people like to work for a cause. Absolutely. Right? For some people, the cause is money. I need money, so I'll work for that cause. But so many people work from the heart. They, they have a passion for what it is they're doing, and they need to see their passion fed. So the ability as leaders to ensure that we understand how what we're doing feeds the passion of the people that work for us, that are working with us, that work around us, I think really helps helps keep people motivated on the innovation that they're working on. Absolutely. I love that. And it sounds like the storytelling piece is so crucial to keeping people excited about that because they, they won't know uh, how, how impactful their their contribution has been until that's communicated in, in, in some type of formal way. So. And, and both that internal storytelling as well as that external storytelling. So it's great to sit in the lab and create amazing experiments and create your MVPs and do all of those, um, the things that innovators do. But somebody needs to know that it's happening right. and the difference it could potentially make on their day-to-day -day lives. And so, um, you know, part of the, the charge that my team has is to not only look at emerging tech and how it can be used to understand its capabilities, but part of our job is to have those relationships with the core business to be able to understand their challenges, where they're trying to go, and our ability to tell the story of how the emerging tech can tie to their business goals, their business opportunities. And um, if there's not a direct connection, help them kind of see where they can go now that perhaps they didn't weren't aware of 
or create opportunities that they might not have seen were it not for our ability to kind of seed that through our conversations with them. Absolutely. Good stuff. So bold prediction time. So you've been in the financial services world um, and have a, a kind of understanding of, of kind of where things started, kind of where they are now. Where do you see things in the next five, ten years? What's the bold kind of prediction of the financial services sector? How do you see things happening? This kind of ties back to um, my earlier comment about free FICO. So um, my prediction is that given the growing ubiquity of mobile technologies, so even in underserved communities, mobile phones are pervasive, right? So be it in the U.S. or in emerging countries, mobile technology is the way that folks communicate. And financial services have done, by and large, a good job of being able to take traditional branch banking and put it on a mobile device. But I think going forward, companies that succeed will be able to allow the unbanked and the underbanked who didn't who don't have access to traditional branch banking. So just making branch banking mobile works for folks who already have access to branch banking. Right. Right. The companies that are really going to succeed in the financial services space will take a um, kind of customer-centric approach and say, now that the technology exists that's in the hands of tons more people, how do I create products and services that meet that perhaps unserved swath of customers that are now available because the technology is there? So rather than moving the traditional products and services to the new technology, Take a tech-first lens on this and say, now that the technology is available, what are some products and services that I can offer, and who's that new customer base that I can talk to? So my prediction is that the winners in financial services will take advantage of the new technology and begin to offer products and services that will provide access to the unbanked and the underbanked. I love that, yeah. So lastly, this is the... The, the, the most important question of the day. What's the one app on your phone that you can't live without? Ooh. Ooh. I, this is a hard question because um, my husband will contend that my phone is a part of who I am now. Um, I'd probably say it's going to be Facebook. Facebook. Facebook, um, because I run my nonprofit through Facebook. Um, my grandkids, there's always some new, some hijinks they're up to <laughs> that are being posted on sure. Facebook. Um, I keep up with, you know, I have a couple of close seconds, so Twitter is fastly, is quickly coming in second for me. And then the MLB at bat app is one of my favorites because I'm a huge <laughs> baseball fan. So I got to keep up with what's going on with my Cubbies. Um, Fantastic. So that's I'm glad are, you said Cubbies. Oh yeah. Oh, so this is a this is a huge fight at my household because you know my husband is a uh, White Sox fan. Ah. So um, we have to you know Ouch. we've we've decided to you know agree to disagree. Yeah. On choice of teams. Um, we can be mild-mannered about it until they play each other. So Exactly. Is there a specific handle that you want people to follow you on or they, they can get in contact with you at? It's the best uh, way to reach My you. Twitter handle is KBH 50, at KBH57, 
And you can always find me at Kim B. Holmes on LinkedIn. Fantastic. Well, it's always a pleasure to speak with you. You, uh, you've done such an awesome job, uh, not just at Discover, but in the community at large. And uh, we're glad to know you, and I'm glad to know you, and thank you for being on the podcast. Thank you so much, guys. I really appreciated it. Fantastic. Thank you for tuning in to Unlocking Innovation. Remember to subscribe on iTunes and SoundCloud to stay up to date with new episodes as they air. To stay up to date with EX3 Labs news and events, follow us on social media. We're at EX3 Labs. See you next time.